Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'one Tehillim and Other Hebrew Texts Podcast, Episode 69. The following is the recitation of Psalm 63, a.k.a. Perek or Mizmor Samech Gimel. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 63, Mizmor le David, Bihioto Bemidbar Yehuda, Elohim Eli Ata Ashacharecha, Sama lecha Nafshi, Kama lecha Visari, Beeretz Tsia, the Ayeth. Li Mayim Kain Bakodesh Chaziticha Lir Oat Uzcha Uch Vodacha Kitov Chastacha Mechaim Sifatai Yishab Chunha Kain Avarechecha Vechayai Bishimcha Esa Hafpai Kimo Chelev Badeshan Tisba Nafshi Visif Te Renanot Yehalel P. Im Zecharticha Al Yitsuai Beash Mu Rot Ege Bach Ki Hayita Ezrata Li Uvitzel Knafecha Aranein Davka nafshi acharecha vi tamcha yeminecha vehema le shoah yevakshu nafshi yavou vitachtiot haaretz yagiruhu Al Yede Harev Minat Shualim Yehu Vehamelech Yismach Belohim Yitalel Kol Hanishba Bo Ki Yisacher Pi Dovrei Shaker. Psalm 63 isn't clear exactly when it's occurring, but states that it has to do with being Bamidbar Yehuda, in the desert of Yehuda, a place where David unfortunately was outcast by his family when he was young and then ran away as a fugitive twice from Shaul, trying to kill him. And then again, when he was older, when he was running away from his very own son. 
So not a happy place for him. And yet this psalm is a forward-thinking song. David is once again hopeful that God will save him against his enemies, even though he clearly feels distant from him in this moment, with clues in the text such as, Ashacharacha, I seek you, perhaps hinting in a particularly dark time with the root word shachor, black. Also, there's the phrase, Samalacha nafshi, kamalacha visari, my soul thirsts for you, my body yearns for you. We have seen that phrase, my soul thirsts for you, back in Psalm 42, with the deer by the water. And we noted how downcast and disheartened the speaker was at that point, holding on to the memories of times that God had been there for him while in a state of feeling like something bad was coming his way. There is a different overall feeling in this psalm versus that psalm. Despite both seemingly having to be affected by enemies and having uh, longing for the closeness of God, either physically or spiritually, the repeating word Cain, yes, or I shall, a positive forward-thinking phrase, as well as Pasuk 4, Ki tov chastecha mechayim, truly your loving kindness is better than life itself, show that David is not as deep in mire as the previous psalm. It's not even clear if David is physically in this distant location or is just hearkening back to a feeling of trauma and is just emotionally and spiritually, quote, visiting this place and wishing ill on his enemies once again. In other words, he could potentially be physically safe in his palace when he composed this psalm and being just triggered and called back to that feeling of distrust against those that seek to destroy his life and wishes a shoah, yes, we know that word from Pesach 10, a holocaust or total destruction on them for the trauma they have caused him. In any case, I feel it necessary to read between the lines here because Tehillim is David's way of giving us words to express that which is on our hearts and bringing what is in the deepest recesses of our minds to the forefront, even if we are not in the exact same situation, but the base of what is happening can be related to. And yes, anyone who is feeling distant or in exile can relate to this as well with the main theme, but underlying all that, simply, you have someone who is in a place and does not feel accepted. And there is a positive source that he can call to in his mind as a place of comfort and peace. Okay, very nice. What do we do with that? I was reading Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Alava Shalom's blurb on this past week's Parsha, Tezria Mitzora. And when teaching about the changes that we can make in order to actively not speak Lashon Hara, aka gossip, he told an anecdote about the late Lena Rustin a speech therapist who he greatly admired for her specialized approach in dealing with children who stammered. In order to cure a stammer, Miss Rustin not only had to help the child physically speak more fluently, but she had to change the entire family environment since families tend to simply adjust to the stammer, thereby creating an accepted equilibrium. Therefore, For the child to lose the stammer, all the familial relationships 
would have to be retouched. The child, as well as each family member, would need to change at a basic level, and patterns of behavior are hard to change. But Lena brilliantly recognized that praise was the method that could create unthreatening change. The families that she worked with were advised to catch each member, including the parents, doing something right and say so specifically, positively, and sincerely, each person thereby learning how to give and receive praise. As a result, in each home, there was a creation of mutual respect and continuous positive reinforcement which helped to generate self-confidence, not just for the stammering child, but for everyone in the family. Some families that she worked with reported that this simple ritual actually helped to save their marriage as well. Quite extraordinary. What we are seeing in this Ms. Moore is a David that has been surrounded by those closest to him, family members even who fall into a pattern of behavior that accepts that there is something wrong with him, enough to consider him an outcast, and it affects him to his core, to the point where he does not have to be in the midbar physically in order to feel that he is emotionally there, even when he might seemingly be in a safe palace. But what is it that he sees as his hope for an outlet a salvation, singing praise, praising God for being there for him, thinking about moments where it seems that he was deserving of God's help and protection, as though he was doing something right and being recognized for it. That is what keeps him out of turning these past thoughts into a hopeless mire like Psalm 42. Can you imagine the change we can make in ourselves and in our families if we took on such a simple ritual of praise? When my twins fight with each other, I explain to them that it sounds like they are not respecting each other and they have to still learn how they can do that. And while this was being help while this has been helping tremendously, there was this one small piece missing. After reading this story about Miss Lena, we consciously started to refocus our habits and now try to remember to praise each other out loud more for things little or big that we noticed each other were doing right or well or things we appreciated like, I appreciated that she didn't go on my bed when I asked her not to or I appreciated that she gave me my space when I needed it or I noticed how you both shared your special toys so nicely or cleaned up your room without my asking, or made dinner for me. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I was engaged was, don't forget to say thank you and show your appreciation when your husband takes out the garbage or washes the dishes, etc. And really mean it when you say it, even with those small things, it can make a big difference. These simple acknowledgements of praise and appreciation are not just empty words. They become the home we call back to in times of distress. They lift us up and help us to know that we are not as damaged as the world or others may say we are during harder times. 
or even ourselves, right? That there is a place, a source of positivity that I can hearken back to, to remind us of who we are actually capable of being. That there is someone who respects and appreciates what I have to offer. And it's safe to show up as myself, despite whatever doubt my current surroundings may be imposing on me. David found and created that place with Hashem. Where else can we create that positive, nurturing place in our lives for ourselves and those we love? be able to find and create healthy spaces and places in our lives that help remind us of how much we mean to others and reinforce that we are supported by people who we appreciate and who appreciate us. May we maintain the self-confidence we need to be able to become and return to our best selves when we hearken back to those positive reminders in our lives. The learning and recitation for this episode is Lulay Nishmat, my Safta Esther, whose Yorzeit was this past week, as well as Lulay Nishmat Rachel Bat Chaim Nasan, who passed away this week. Also, for the merit for Rafua Shalima for Yitzhak Shlomo Ben Miral Deborah. A young father of three looking for a kidney donor. He's type A or O. You can reach out to me for further information. Please stay tuned until after this quick break. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nurseNisa1 N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining. Okay.